Hello and welcome to the Blue Band Podcast. If you're looking to get inspired and learn more about water sports, from surfing to scuba diving, kite surfing to swimming, then this is the podcast for you. Every two weeks we'll be interviewing incredible sportswomen and all-round mermaid mavericks who are breaking barriers across the world to dive deep into the strategies they use to progress in their sports so you can improve your resilience and get inspired for your next session on the water. We'll also be talking about sustainability, representation and inclusion in water sports, new equipment and advice on where to travel, as well as connect with each other across the world. My name's Charlotte, I'll be your host for this podcast, so hello and welcome. So let's dive into this week's interview. So today we're very happy to be joined by Eden, who's otherwise known on Instagram as the transgender swimmer, and she does both indoor and outdoor swimming. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Eden. So hello, Eden. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Band podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so maybe just um, just to kick off, I could ask you a very easy question, which is how long have you been swimming and how long have you been swimming outdoors yeah of course um so I started swimming at quite a young age um with the the kind of lessons that I had from family members and in school um I kind of stopped swimming around 12 or 13 just I didn't really have access to any pools Mm -hmm. um and then I started about three years ago now um Mm -hmm. maybe just over as a local Lido opened up um, and it became a really nice way to sort of get back into the sport um, and just sort of be submerged in water. And it's kind of kickstarted a whole love and passion uh, for being in and around the water. And and did you start with cold water swimming or is that something that you moved into later? No. So that's that was added in about two years ago. uh, Okay. Water swimming. Um, before that, it was all very much heated leisure pools, uh, which was which was nice. And the the ladder that I went back to uh, when I came back to swimming was heated. And it had a very nice uh, spa attached to it, uh, which was Ooh. the main draw. Oh, lovely! Time. That sounds perfect. Um, and what do you take from swimming in your everyday life? What does it give you? Like, why do you keep going back to swim? So for me, it gives me two things. It gives me space to stop and just refresh myself and give myself a bit of a break from whatever's going on in life. And that's actually physically being in the water. It gives me a way at the moment to sort of plan my routine in life and make sure I'm not pushing myself too hard. And it gives me a great way to socialise with so many people that are are very similar um, in their love and passion for water and cold water swimming. So you've actually met people um, as well through swimming, is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so using the, the Instagram platform, um, I've met so many people, sort of especially through the last year, um, mm. that swim in the same locations. Uh, and it's just, just been amazing. So now swimming is usually arranged to meet someone and you have your swim and then you, you swim all together and you come out and you have your coffee and you sort of normally your breakfast or your dinner and you just stand around mm-hmm. chatting for another half an hour to an hour 
um, swimming becomes the reason you meet. Um, but it's certainly not the reason that you're there in total. It's it's a very much friendship orientated group. Mm, that's really nice. I found that with paddleboarding as well, that especially when we go for the sunrise in the morning, um, everybody's a bit sleepy beforehand and then um you know afterwards um it's time for coffee and breakfast and then everybody picks up a bit after they've had some food um yeah it's really cool (laughs) no you're exactly right and uh, yeah especially meeting people in the morning is amazing i am quite a morning person um so to meet other similar morning people who are getting up at sort of sunrise to go for a nice swim um sort of all year round is it's wonderful it's it's a great way to start the day and I if I don't swim I'll often delay the start to my day by just staying in bed a bit longer (laughs) and not really doing much and it's always like when I'm out I'm like this is why I get up and come out because I would have done absolutely nothing at home uh this morning and I feel so much better for just getting out of the house and submerging myself into that water yeah it's like a little kickstart to the day (laughs) and then you feel (laughs) proud for the whole of the rest of the day like I woke up (laughs) this morning <laughs> um okay so um maybe maybe one of your proudest I was going to ask you what's one of your proudest moments in swimming maybe that would just be waking up really early for sunrise <laughs> <laughs> that definitely that definitely started it um last summer I was waking up long before sunrise um once a week so through August and the start of September I was getting up at four and getting in the water wow. at five um as I was I was training and yeah that was that's probably my proudest moment to be honest getting up that early and committing to a training plan um and swimming well before the sun was up uh in the serpentine in Hyde Park in London uh, and it was such an amazing thing to sort of know by 8 a.m I'd done four to six kilometers um and, wow. and really working towards being able to do my marathon distance before a lot of London had woken up. It was a really special way of training and, and seeing London in the different lights as, as the sun came up. Wow. So what were you training for? Um, so I stupidly decided that I should become a marathon swimmer. <laughs> um, so I'd signed up to do a 10k swim um, in September. So I was, I was training to make sure that I could get through that without drowning, um, which I did. Uh, so I was, I was very pleased of that. But I think <laughs> when I look back on it, I think the, the training and the commitment to the training was much harder than the, the swim on the actual day. Mm. So did you have a specific time you were aiming for or was it just that you wanted to get through it? I didn't know. Not a particular time. Um, I knew I could comfortably do it under five hours, um, but I wasn't sure how long it would take and if I would be able to do it on the day. I didn't know what the weather would be like. I knew the rough water temperature would be about 14 degrees, um, but I wasn't sure if I'd be too cold without a wetsuit for that period of time. It's kind of the longest I've ever swum in one continuous period. Um but I, I didn't really need to worry. I had great a great friend supporting me on the swim um, who sort of kept me fed and watered, which mm-hmm. I think is the most important thing in that situation. Um, yeah, 
also wanted to ask you about um, your favourite equipment to take swimming, but maybe I could ask you that question in relation to the swim that you did. Did you have anything that you took with you? You said food, drinking and water and and foods. Did you have anything like to put on your skin to protect your skin from the cold or anything like that? No, I had sunscreen on um, mm-hmm. because it was a sunny September day and I'm very pasty and pale. Um, <laughs> sort of already burnt twice this year. So, yeah, I was layered up with that. Um, but otherwise, it was just just a bikini um, that I'd been given, which was really nice. Uh, I was lent a robe style um, jacket by my mm-hmm. friend that supported me to have sort of in between where I had to get out the water and run around the weir. Um, in terms of other equipment, I li- literally just had a hat and goggles. Some people have toe floats, which is great mm-hmm. for visibility and safety in the water. Um, but because it was a managed event, I decided not to have one. Um, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't really anything too special. I just made sure it was the equipment that I trained in. So I knew I was mm-hmm. comfortable and it would last the distance. Uh, and food and drink, I tried to keep it very simple. Um, I used just an electrolyte water, which I'd been training with. So just a tablet dropped in some water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just stuck to sort of Haribo and some fruit and nuts to get me through the actual mm-hmm. swim. Cool, cool. And um, what would you say to somebody who has been thinking about starting to swim either indoors or outdoors and they're feeling a bit apprehensive? Do you have any words of advice or any kind of encouragement? Yeah, I guess it would depend on what they're anxious about. I'm a big advocate for body positivity. So I'd say if you're worried about your body and that's that's why you don't want to swim because you don't think you have a swimmer's body, that that's absolute rubbish. And you do have a swimmer's body uh, as soon as you start to swim. And and you should try and feel confident if you can in, in going uh, to either a pool or an outdoor location. It's always best to swim with friends. It's great to have that commitment of getting up and going out, whether it's after work or at lunchtime or in the morning mm-hmm. um, having a friend that's involved and in sort of advocating for you uh, in that space is really great and there's loads of people on different platforms that you can join as well uh, if you don't have any friends that do it in the area mm-hmm. good tips thank you very much <laughs> <You're inspired. laughs> um, and um, I wanted to ask you as well what do you think swimming will be like in in five years time either in in a sort of competitive sense, like you said, um, the races, um, not the races, though, the marathons you've been doing, or in a kind of more casual setting? Do you think anything will change? Have you seen anything change since you've started? The sport has become much bigger uh, and much more open in the last few years, which is great. Uh, I think it's, it's more accepting. Uh, we're seeing more diverse figures swimming, which is, is great to get everyone involved in it I think the sport will only continue to get bigger uh in certainly in terms of outdoor swimming um Covid has been a big boost to that because mm-hmm. rivers and lakes were always open um or natural lakes were always open so I think people that pool swam before are now getting into open water and they're bringing their friends and families are seeing the benefits of having a routine and a schedule and feeling that water all over your body it really connects you to yourself Mm -hmm. um especially cold water swimming you can't forget your hands and your feet are there (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Unless they go completely numb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and you spoke a bit then about um, swimming becoming more inclusive. So I also wanted to ask you about what are some of the issues that trans people can face in accessing organisations and facilities for water sports? What's been your experience? Yeah, of course. So again, this is two separate things to indoor and outdoor. I think indoor and certainly in the UK, there's no real representation of transgender um, sort of acceptance in the sport. Any sort of especially at Olympic level, any high level athletes, there's only ever talk about banning trans men and women from swimming mm-hmm. and how they need to be policed rather than just the encouragement and acceptance of that anyone that I know isn't swimming at that level and isn't aiming to swim at that level but Mm -hmm. having the discussions around that makes it more uncomfortable for a lot of people to swim in those places Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of working with leisure providers at the moment to be not just inclusive because they're not trying to exclude anyone but by not being vocal about and celebrating those that are swimming not encouraging others to join uh, me certainly swimming in that instance mm-hmm. yeah I saw as well um that on uh on Instagram you were speaking a little bit about calling out brands um that maybe haven't been so active in that area um maybe you could say something about that yeah of course so on trans day of visibility I did uh do a call out to all brands um in general just to say actually it's been noticed that you're not really doing anything and especially on this day of visibility you've not shared any content you've not created any content you've not asked to collaborate on any contact with any trans uh, men or women or non-binary people and it for me it was very disappointing especially those that I've worked closely with in the last year for them not to acknowledge it was even taking place was very difficult Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's really kick-started quite a few conversations with, with bigger brands in what they can do and mm-hmm. how they can do that authentically. I, I think that's a big part of being visible and not doing the right thing, but celebrating um, diverse voices in sport. It, it has to be authentic and they have to understand why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And the benefits to the communities of doing that and not the benefits to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because there isn't always a benefit to them in celebrating um, marginalised communities, but it does benefit the marginalised communities. And they have a responsibility when they when you start to have big followings or you run leisure centres and things like that of making sure it is accessible and equal to all. Mm, yeah and as you said to make sure they're not just doing it for their own benefit because I think sometimes you can see that it's not coming from the heart it's not authentic it's kind of a marketing trick yeah Yeah. and especially if there's no follow-up on it I've seen so many Mm. businesses create posts like that and they just dump it on their social media and they leave it there Um, or even worse is when they post it and leave it for a month and then take it off oh no Um, yeah, I've seen that quite a few times. I'm like, I'm sure there was a post about that from this brand um, and having to reach out to them and then them saying, oh, yeah, we've archived our posts to keep our feed tidy. Mm. Like, oh, I didn't realise that talking about that was untidy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you can be archived away. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, only matters once a year, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. So um. Then uh, you also mentioned that uh, about celebrating. So does tra- the the day of trans visibility mean for you celebrating? What does it mean for you? For me, it's an acknowledgement um, that a lot of trans men and women face a difficult and more different life to a lot of other people in the world. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's great to celebrate what we are doing. You know, I, I run a business. I, I work in a business as well. Um, I swim on the side and I advocate for trans rights in my own time. Um, and that's not really acknowledged by a lot of people. We we have a lot of other things going on in our life that isn't just being transgender, but we also have to face that at the same time. And we have to go through our own uh, whether it's medical battles or talking to friends and family or constantly coming out to new people um, and having to sort of explain yourself in a sense to, to new people that you meet all the time. Um, mm. So to have Trans Day Visibility, to sort of say, we're sorry that you're having to have these conversations, but we're here to support you and we want to make the world a better place. Or we want to make our area of expertise a better place, whether that be, for me, swimming, um, but, but restaurants and leisure um, wear providers or designers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so maybe from that, I could lead on and ask you about the new documentary that you're featuring in. I saw something on Instagram um, a new documentary. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, so this is still quite quiet um, and there's very limited information I can give you. Um, okay. <laughs> it is, it's a 10 minute documentary film on a very specific part of my life, which is when I transitioned from swimming in pools to starting swimming in open water. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just a really beautiful piece uh, that I worked with University of Bristol uh, and a film production company to create. Uh, we did that, did the filming up in the Lake District in November. Um, so it was pretty cold at oh that point. Um, what time was it when you, swim, when you were swimming there? The water was between five and eight degrees on uh, four days. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was multiple swims per day to get footage. And we did one constant rolling interview for two hours on the first morning. Um, And that's what produces the monologue. So it's completely unscripted. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where we found the basis of what the monologue would be for the film and how we had to do the the story and vision. And they involved me really heavily in that, which is is great because I've got to share a very special part of my uh, life. Mm-hmm. Um, in such a beautiful way so I don't have any dates I tried to find out their launch and release date for you um, but it's being entered into some film festivals at the moment so we're just waiting to hear back uh, that if we've been accepted to those and as soon as I have that information I'll be sharing it with the Bluebound community. That's so exciting so um, then the film maybe entered into some uh, some festivals and competitions and then uh, will people be able to watch it online? Yes. Um, so we are entering exclusively to film festivals at the moment. Some of those will be online film festivals and some of them will be in person. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I can't discuss the ones that we've entered to at the moment, unfortunately. Um, but we should hope to hear back sort of by the middle of May if we've been accepted uh, into some of those. And then we'll look to release it at a later date when the film festivals had had access to it. Um, and hopefully when it's won some awards, because it's a really, really beautiful piece and that the team worked incredibly hard um, for sort of four weeks to create what it has become. Um, and I really can't wait to share it with everyone. I'm excited to watch it already. <laughs> I, I think I've only seen one picture of it on your website. I think I saw it, but um, I was like, where can I watch this? <laughs> but then I realised it hadn't been released yet. <laughs> yeah, so it will be, it will go onto my website um, when the time is right. Uh, but But we're not ready to share it just yet with the whole wide world. Okay, cool. Well, whenever it gets um, released and it can be shown, um, I will be watching it and I will share it with our community because it looks great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I also wanted to ask you about um, um, water sports in general and if you do any other other sports, if you'd like to try any others, because we did a little survey with... Um, our community and it turned out that around 70% of the people in the community do more than one sport or are about to try another one um, so I wondered if you have any others up your sleeve that you you haven't um, you haven't spoken about before or anything that you'd like to try yeah uh, so I can kayak uh, both seas and rivers um, and very Ooh. fond of it but I just just don't have access to any equipment at the moment. Um, And I just feel a bit busy to pick up kayaking. Whenever I do it, I always just wish I was in the water a lot of the time rather than on top of it. Yeah. Which I think is probably why swimming is stuck. And one of the reasons I don't wear a wetsuit when I'm swimming is because I hate the additional faff and hassle of Mm -hmm. carrying it and hanging it up to dry afterwards and washing it. Um, so having a kayak and having to lug it around is is not favourable to me on over swimming at the moment. But certainly, yeah, big fan of kayaking. That's so interesting what you're saying about not wearing a wetsuit. So it's kind of like you're closer to the water in that sense. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a, a lot of people say, oh, you shouldn't swim in a wetsuit over winter because it's much nicer to feel the water. Mm. Um, I, I can't really recommend either way i think just swim your swim in the way you want to that's that's the most important thing as long as you're doing it safely mm-hmm. then then it's a very good swim um but i'm not not a big fan of lugging a wetsuit around <laughs> it's cool though you have like a secret kayak talent <laughs> <laughs> yeah i learned um in school actually in our 10th year um as part of our gcc exams we went away for a week to learn kayaking um, and it was great. And yeah, kind of pick it up now and again when I can. But I'd love I'd love to go on a sort of kayaking holiday. Um, and it's something I'm thinking about. But then I always think about swimming holidays and other holidays. And we just don't have enough, I think, holidays yeah. to do everything we want to do. And I very was very close to joining Swim Trek on a tour to Slovenia last year and also to Montenegro mm-hmm. uh, for a week. Um, but no surprises that a worldwide pandemic uh, has delayed that for a little bit. Uh. Um, 
I know, it's looking absolutely gorgeous. And that would have been my first broad holiday um, planned around sports. But I, I've been up to the lakes and I went up to the lakes last October. And that was mm. purely based around meeting people that I'd met through Instagram um, and just swimming with them and, and learning more about the lakes that I'd never really visited before. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I think um, I think especially because of the pandemic, we'll be doing or we are already doing more local or regional travel within our own countries, which is quite cool because then you get to get to know the um, the awesome spots that are already really close by without actually having to travel. Um, I think uh, I think probably this summer I'll be doing a lot of going along the coast here in Barcelona to find some more spots as well hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh do you have any favorite swimming spots in the uk and then following from that where in the world would you like to swim if i could just snap my fingers and send you somewhere immediately where would you go oh i think it's less about where and it's more with who um nice. <laughs> and I can't put you, I can't give you names because I'd probably end up naming about 100 people that I'd love <laughs> to go away with and swim with for a week or even just right now for an hour. Um, I, my dad lives in Cyprus uh, and it, it's been a long sort of year uh, that I haven't seen him. So it'd be lovely just to be in the sea there um, and go, go and have a lovely dinner afterwards or a lunch on the beach. <laughs> but certainly the trip that I'd looked at uh, to swim in Slovenia in Lake Bled would be an amazing uh, place to be right now. That's cool. Yeah, I think it's time to, to start making a list of places as as everything opens up. <laughs> um, <laughs> to go in, even in 2022, um, destinations for, for travel. Hmm. Cool, cool. Um, and um, is there anywhere that people can keep up to date with your activities and your documentary could you say the name of your website and you have an instagram yeah of course uh so you can get in touch with me or you can um find information on my instagram which is at the transgender swimmer uh, and if you're not on instagram uh you can find information on projects and work and upcoming work through my website, which is transgenderswimmer.co.uk. Cool. I'm I'm going to be checking your website for updates about this documentary on a daily basis now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not that far away. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Oh, thank you so much. Nice. But I'll definitely let you know because I've got access to it. Um, I will I will send you a copy of it. Awesome. Yay. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, um, that's it. Those are all the questions. So thank you so much for joining us and have a nice time on your next swim. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs> if you like this podcast, then why don't you come join us at the Blue Band community? We're the first global community for women doing any kind of water sport all over the world and everybody is welcome. We offer advice via online articles and videos, a buddy system so you can find a friend who does your sport, ways to connect in person via our trips to Barcelona in Spain, a directory of schools and instructors, 
discounts for clothing and equipment, and exclusive interviews with inspiring pro sportswomen. So come join us. Find us on Instagram at Bluebound Community, or you can join our waitlist on our website. So see you there.